Football is back, and right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favorite online betting company. We've got wall to wall Premier League football, with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalized bet. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favorite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Starcast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. In today's bonus edition, for whom the cowbell tolls, the relegation playoff pans out well for Werder Bremen as they stay up after a curious 2-2 draw at Heidenheim and Bayern Munich win the cup, again beating comfort zones Bayern 04 Leverkusen 4-2 in Berlin. Banging the pots for the Bundesliga today are Jonathan Harding and Christoph Biermann. Welcome. So Werder managed to stave off relegation thanks to a 2-2 draw in the return leg against Heidenheim on Thursday night, a game that produced plenty of strange noises and even weirder scenes on the pitch. Heidenheim's club chef was making a racket with a frying pan, somebody else was hitting a cowbell and there were air sirens too. The noise from the handful of subs and players' wives and girlfriends was so disconcerting that Norman Teuerkauf duly scored a fantastic own goal to gift Florian Kohfeldt's man the lead. Lovely stuff, wasn't it, Christoph? Yeah, it was. Um, Twitter was overwhelmed by the pen, especially. So there were so many pen jokes. I um, Pen puns. Um, Pen puns. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there were so many pen puns. <laughs> so, so everybody was was making pen puns all the time. So nobody was concentrated on the match anymore. Uh, but for good reason. Over most of the time, it was a more or less desperate attempt of of Heidenheim to get anything out of it. They are brave. Everybody can like them, but they are also. And they were also very limited. Yeah, I think both teams were pretty pans, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's too easy. That's low-hanging fruit right there. <laughs> there was one more Tim Kleindienst penalty in the six minutes of injury time um, to just frighten Werder a little bit more. But of course, the two to draw on the way goals was enough for them to stay up. Did they deserve it after this performance, Jonathan? No, <laughs> I don't think they deserve very much this season. And that's probably part of a bigger conversation that I'm sure we'll have. And I'm actually very keen to hear both of your thoughts on, on the relegation promotion concept, really, because I don't know, Werder Bremen have had a disastrous season. And I think it's somewhat ironic that they've drawn both of these games and have stayed up and, and effectively stayed up because somebody else scored a goal for them. Uh, I think that says a lot about their season, really, because it's been disastrous. And I'm sure that there'll be narratives that go along the lines of, well, Werder Bremen deserve credit for sticking by Florian Kohfeldt. And, you know, there's an argument to be made there. But at the same time, this has been a disastrous season and they survived by the skin of their teeth. I don't think their performance was particularly impressive to, on, against Heidenheim in the second leg. Um, and I can't think of many high points during the season other than the, the game against Cologne on the final day to be honest but I think they were very fortunate well certainly not a convincing performance by Werder I think it's fair to say but Heidenheim um, they were very poor I had 
fears of, of Heidenheim if they were to go up being maybe the worst Bundesliga side ever, uh, worse than Tasmania Berlin in the 60s, who are only there because of some fortunate circumstances. Um, at the time, a, a Berlin team was needed in the Bundesliga for political reasons. They came up from what was a second division at the time, but was very much um, semi-pros and played played accordingly. Heidenheim at times looked looked like a side that really do not belong in the Bundesliga, I'm afraid to say. Um, as you said, Jonathan, this leaves a lot of questions. Uh, let's address Werder first. Job done, ultimately, Kofeld, uh, you know, sticking with him was the right decision. Um, they now have to buy some of the players that where they're on loan, or at least the loan continues. In the case of Davy Selke, I think Leonardo Bittencourt's move becomes permanent and uh, Toprax as well. Uh, there's a lot of money being spent, and perhaps that is sort of the story of why they were so poor to begin with. I mean, a lot of those deals just didn't work out for them, did they, Christoph? No, it didn't. A lot went wrong. For example, maybe one of the key mistakes that they didn't find anybody to replace Max Kruse, who was the instrumental player for them last season. Maybe they, they underestimated uh, um, what they lost. They had a lot of problems uh, with injuries. I, I think they had a misjudgment about the qualities of uh, of, of some of their players but i think still you have the impression that Werder Bremen is a is a okay club a in general well-run club so they made yes they made a lot of mistakes but you don't have the so my impression is is they are not a club that has deeper lying problems where everybody everything is misconstructed and 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 so on and so i think they will take the chance to uh, change a lot for for the next season to change uh, the personnel um, of the team uh, they desperately need somebody who is dangerous up front um, they have other issues to solve they need to reduce injuries uh, desperately I think that's very important and so on and so on but I think they are capable uh, doing it as a club so there were some some people were saying ah they are the new Hamburg and and on a long way down I rather see them as uh, the new Frankfurt because Frankfurt was in the relegation four years ago, and uh, and they uh, after that they managed to uh, come back stronger. And uh, I expect Werder to come back stronger next season. Okay. The question is: Will the Bundesliga relegation playoffs still come back strong next season? I think a lot of discontent out there with how things have been going. 17 times in a row, Bundesliga 2 have tried and failed to win a, a single game against a Bundesliga 1 opposition, of course. Last year, Union Berlin actually did go up on away cold against uh, against VfB Stuttgart, but that uh, is increasingly the exception. Uh, it seems to me, if you're cynical, um, that the relegation playoff is doing what it's supposed to, which is basically stop the third worst team from the Bundesliga one to go down. But is that a good way of doing it, I wonder? There is a big gap, a big quality gap between the second division and, and the uh, first, between the Zweite Bundesliga and, and the Bundesliga. And and that's what you see. It has also to do with the distribution of money. We have it in, in many countries where there is a, financially, there's a big gap between the top division and the lower division. 
And I, I think over the years, my impression is uh, I would like to see something like the uh, the English model, uh, where you say, okay, three clubs have to go down, and uh, the third place to go up um, has to play it out with some kind of uh, relegation format, um, as you have it in England, because that gives going up, uh, gives the, the uh, clubs coming up the opportunity to to benefit uh, from the circumstances being in the in the top flight, especially financially, and you see some of the examples over the years from other uh, countries uh, where it helped uh, help these clubs a lot. And you could have another big final in Berlin, which wouldn't be won by Bayern Munich for a change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only problem with that, like I, I agree with the idea, Christoph, and I think it would be great. I think that, you know, the title Bundesliga could certainly do with, with some more promotion, given how crazy a league it is and how entertaining it can be at certain times. Um, the only issue is, I think, if you if you introduce that playoff system that's that's in the UK, uh, you, you end up sort of rewarding the team in in sixth, and that that can be a really long way off uh, the team in third. And then you know, obviously, as you mentioned, the gap between the top flight and the second division is already quite obvious. And my fear would be, you know, we're just talking about the fact that Heidenheim could potentially be the worst Bundesliga team ever if they went up. You know, what happens if if an Etzkeberger hour gets promoted in the playoff uh, and they're they're not prepared? I think on the other hand, you know, it would be great to see these these other clubs get the opportunity to put their hand in the pot, as it were. And even if they were to be relegated again, they would be you know financially rewarded and maybe put their club's financial situation in in, be in a better state. But I prefer to see three clubs go up and down, that's for sure, because at the moment it just doesn't seem to make much sense. I would say, I mean, the if you have a small club going up, and, and uh, let's talk about Heidenheim, if they would have gone up, um, I, 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 I think I would disagree with the idea that they become the, uh, the a new Tasmania because they would have uh, income streams they didn't uh, uh, have before. And uh, they could strengthen their, their squad. Obviously, they would be the uh, first um, relegation candidate for, for, for next season. Uh, but, but it was also the case with um, uh, Paderborn and Union. And uh, yes, uh, Paderborn went down, bottom of the table, but Union managed to stay up and uh, um, end the season in, in front of, of many clubs with a uh, much higher uh, budget. So I think it's, it's possible. And the format we're having now with the relegation as it is, um, I think I don't see a real future. Harry's sponsors Steilcast, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew that there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five blade brands. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. I've been lucky to receive a set recently and I must tell you, not only does it look very cool, it's also an incredibly pleasant way to deal with three months worth of quarantine stubble. Thumbs up from me. As a listener of Starcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95 for £3.95. 
Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash stahlcast right now. That's harrys.com forward slash stahlcast. I'm going to have to see how that one uh, works out. But um, as we alluded to, um, when it comes to finals in Berlin that are not uh, promotion playoffs, which one day we might have, they tend to be won by Bayern Munich in the cup final. Of course, they made it their 20th cup, uh, beating Bayer Leverkusen 4-2 on Saturday night. The scoreline, I think, in the end looked much closer than the game actually was. Bayern not quite on the same page as Leverkusen. A Leverkusen side that needed to have the perfect game and made too many mistakes on either end to really ever trouble Bayern. Seriously, before we go on to Bayern, Christoph, was that sort of classic Leverkusen performance in, in, in really in the cliche sense that it just don't quite turn up when it matters? For a, a certain amount of time uh, in the match, especially in, in the first half, you, you were almost wondering where they are. They were 2-0 down, they didn't have a chance, they looked in a way desperate, but after the... Um, after the break, after Peter Bosch made, made some uh, tactical changes, uh, bringing in uh, Kevin Folland as a proper striker and, and taking uh, um, Kai Havertz away from this false nine position to become the playmaker. I think they looked really good for, let's say, 20 minutes or so. And and they even looked like a team that could have asked Bayern Munich difficult questions. But in the end, they had uh, uh, good chances uh, to score and uh, and they blew it. And it wasn't a match with a, a lot of suspense. So, yes, your question was, was it typical Leverkusen uh, for most of the time it was? Yes. What will that defeat do for Kai Havertz? prospects of staying especially in combination with Leverkusen missing out on on the Champions League they can of course still qualify via the Europa League if they were to win that in uh, in Germany uh, the final tournament but it must surely increase its chances of him leaving what do you think Jonathan? I think it's just a reminder of where he wants to be uh, where he has to be I'm sure that he wants to play on the biggest stage you know all the young players who have the aspiration to be leading centerpieces in their team want to be in those spaces and, and on those stages. And I think maybe it was a reminder that even in these big games, or maybe especially in these big games, you know, there's still a big difference between the red of Bayer Leverkusen and the red of Bayern Munich. Uh, and Kai Havertz probably wants to be on, on the right side of that. That's not, you know, I'm not suggesting he wants to go to Bayern, but I think he wants to be at that kind of calibre team where his success is not part of a 20-minute spell in which Leverkusen suddenly look like themselves, but rather ends in, in a trophy in his hands. I absolutely agree. Uh, you very often uh, say about very talented players, they probably need a, a year to mature at a smaller club. But I think for Kai Havertz, it's, uh, it's time to enter the big stage and unfortunately Bayer Leverkusen is not able to provide the uh, the big stage so next year they won't play uh, in the Champions League because I think it's very unlikely that they 
win the Europa League. But anyhow, I, I think he now he needs to be uh, at a big club where he is. Uh, he is in a competition in every training and uh, where he is not the outstanding players, but where he is playing together with outstanding player players to become even better. So, yeah, I, I think it's uh, the time has come for him to go wherever that might be. Yeah, I think he has outgrown Leverkusen. The only question is, is there a club able and willing to pay the kind of fee that would Leverkusen see allow him to, to part this summer or will he have to stay simply because no one's quite able to pay the 100 million euros that, uh, that they demand? Uh, let's wait and see how that one will work out. Um, but uh, Bayern Munich doing, doing what they are doing under Hansi Flick, winning the 16 out of 17 games in 2020. As we said, never really looked uh, overly troubled and a fantastic Robert Lewandowski putting himself in the conversation for the Ballon d'Or. What do you think? 51 goals for him now. This was sort of approaching Messi and Ronaldo figures. So the fourth goal, Bayern's fourth goal, his second and also the, his eighth goal in a German Cup final. It's a, it's a outstanding uh, record. Uh, and no other player has ever come in close, not even uh, Gerd Müller and Uwe Seeler. Um, and his fourth goal, it, it was fantastic because something very difficult. Um, there, there was a ball coming from the side. He was running and he had, I, I, I still have to get, get the idea how he did it, was uh, lobbing the ball over the goalkeeper. So one more uh, fantastic goal. And you mentioned the numbers. And um, already in, in, in the last years, I, I sometimes uh, thought, uh, why is he not on the kind of short list at least um, for this competition? I, I think one reason is um, uh, because he he comes from Poland. Um, it's not 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 very fancy to to a, a Polish player. Uh, maybe the uh, Bayern Munich is not as big as a stage as Real Madrid or Barcelona is, and also he is. He's as a star. He is uh, only shining on the pitch, and, and maybe that's also one of the reasons. Uh, but but that's also true for Messi. <laughs> Hello, I'm James Richardson, host of the Totally Football Show, now part of the Athletics Podcast Network. We're going to be here following all the action as the 2020 football season reaches its belated conclusion. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can now hear exclusive ad-free versions of our show on the Athletic app. And don't worry, if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to us for free with the occasional word from our sponsor by searching for The Totally Football Show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football Show with me, James Richardson, still totally free and now totally ad-free on The Athletic. Well, in a week that Bayern won the cup uh, to secure a double uh, for Hansi Flick and also... At last got the Leroy Sané transfer done, uh, a saga that had been uh, bubbling along for well over 12 months. They also had the potentially very saddening news, at least for Steilcast uh, and its fans, I'm sure, that Thiago might be off. Jonathan, is that possibly another Tony Kroos moment for Bayern? With, with the caveat that, of course they're not really in a position to to do anything here 
um, if Thiago doesn't want to renew his contract. Whereas with Cross, it was more a case of Bayern not really paying enough money that he wanted at the time. But are they, you know, seeing a player leave who really cannot be replaced very easily? Absolutely. I mean, he's one of the best midfielders in the world. And uh, I think he offers something different to the other options they have in the squad. I mean, obviously, the form of Leon Goretzka will probably will have played a role uh, in, in the way that they're thinking about next season. But like you said, you know, I don't I don't know whether the situation is comparable to Kroos because, you know, two different contexts at the time. Kroos felt like they just disrespected him, to be honest. Um, whereas I think Thiago, it feels and sounds like he, he wants to do something different of his own volition. And that's not by him walking away. That sounds like he's walking away. Uh, were that to be the case, of course. Uh, if he were to leave the league, it would be a big loss generally because he's one of the classiest players I've ever seen. You know, you talk about the way that midfielders play and the language we use to describe certain midfielders. I think the thing about him is he's very much a conductor when he when he's in midfield and the way that he moves the ball is very, very unique. Uh, it would be a huge loss to to football fans in Germany, I guess, would be one way to look at it. Although I'm sure quite a few fans of non-Bayern Munich supporting teams would be quite happy to see him leave. Uh, but uh, Bayern, I don't know whether they'll be... I mean, obviously they'll be weakened to a certain extent, but I don't know whether it's the kind of weakness that will then show 12 months down the line in the trophy cabinet because their squad is so strong. But it's definitely the type of transfer that could be damning in the the way in which Bayern feel about moving forward into the future. You know, at the moment they feel a bit invincible, understandably. But I think losing a player like Thiago could maybe take the edge off there a bit. Christoph, a lot of the reaction uh, in the German and, and indeed Munich press was, well, you know, if Thiago leaves, it's not a big deal. Look at Goretzka, he's, he's brilliant, he's scoring all the goals. Him and Kimmich are fantastic uh, and Thiago will not be missed. What does that sort of focus on on goals and, and maybe kind of that muscularity that, uh, that Goretzka brings... What does that tell us about how football is still being seen by at least some sections of, of the public in Germany? Is there still a sort of disconnect between um, some of the more, shall we say, Latin ways of looking at it with the possession and position football and what we feel is important in Germany or what many people do? I think it's a very, very good question because um, I, I think we have learned over the years to to value um, also technical players and uh, but deep down I, I think we don't respect them as much as we uh, should do and as they deserve and I, I think um, Thiago is one of the players or maybe the player in the Bundesliga that deserves uh, enormous respect. I must say I'm a big fan of him I, I, I just because I just enjoy watching him playing football because what he does looks easy looks playful and i think maybe other football fans are seeing the same but they value it differently because they also see what they don't see they they would would like to we're talking a lot of uh, about body language and Jonathan Sadi, he has a body language of a conductor and not of a, uh, a fighter. But uh, there are so many fighters in the world of football and we can be so happy to have some conductors or to have some artists. I think 
in the Bundesliga, we don't have enough artists. I, I'm also a bit disappointed because I, I have the feeling Bayern is, is not taking enough uh, energy to convince Thiago to stay. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not sitting on the table. But from afar, that's my impression. Well, I think Hansi Flick is certainly trying to make amends, perhaps. He really wants him to stay, whether there's still a realistic chance of changing his mind again we have to see but Thiago if you are listening you're certainly pulling our strings as the Bundesliga's chief conductor please stay <laughs> thank you okay well that's all we've got time for today in this bonus edition of Steincast make sure to check in with us we'll be entertaining you and hopefully providing some insight throughout this mini break before the Champions League starts again my thanks to Christoph and Jonathan my thanks to you listener and we'll Hear each other again soon. Bye.